Isn't it funny how we all start off with a plan or conception of what our life and career will look like, but oftentimes we end up in a completely different place than we ever could have dreamed? Well, this is a podcast where we sit down with celebrities, athletes, and entrepreneurs to hear how they handled life's unexpected events. I'm your host, Andrew East. I'm an engineer turned professional athlete turned entrepreneur, and I'm super excited to bring you these stories to help inspire you to reach your dreams, no matter what they look like. This week's redirect is about the social media course that I've been spending the last six months working on. Um, It's been an awesome project for me, and the feedback we've gotten already has been so encouraging and so inspirational to myself and many others. Uh, My passion behind it is that over the past four years, I have learned what message I believe I was born to share and then how to share that message well through quality content and these social media platforms. And I wanted to teach others how to do that same thing if they desired it. And so we put together this side hustle social course and I'm very excited to say that it is finished and I am so excited about it. Um, It really has been an awesome community thus far. And if you guys are interested in learning more about that, there's a link in the description down below. Today's episode is one I've been nervous for and looking forward to for several months, and it is with my dear friend, Tim Shaw. Now, this is going to be a little bit of a different episode, and I encourage you to listen to what he says instead of how he says it. Uh, Tim is an inspirational character, not because of what he's been through, but because of who he is. And he has had a tremendous impact on my life. And I think as you guys listen to his story, you will realize why. Um, I'm excited to get you guys' feedback on this one. The quick summary is that Tim had an extremely successful NFL career and then had a diagnosis that redirected his life. And he was gracious enough to share his story in a really transparent and vulnerable way. Um, And he has so many amazing lessons that he shares with us. So enjoy this one with Tim Shaw, everybody. Tim, I appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me. I know you're pretty hesitant at first, but uh, I talked you into it. I want to start just by pointing out probably the most identifiable part of you, which is your shoe collection. Now, you're famous for wearing mismatched color shoes. Can you tell me about the background of that? Well, I'm a little embarrassed (laughs) I don't have mismatched shoes on today. I'm shocked, dude. I I tell you, 90% of the time I've said... I felt like being different today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, but I'll tell you, I... Well, first of all, I wore two different shoes when I was in first grade. I just thought it was, it was cool. Yeah. And then, one thing I did NFL, I got a Nike uh, shoe deal. Must be nice. Oh, I got free shoes. Yeah. And I started way too, way too different shoes again. Wow. And I really, I read a book by Malcolm Gladwell. And I wanted to see if I was an influencer. Okay. So I wanted to see if people would, would follow what I was doing. And, I mean, I don't know if you know, but there's a lot of people out there. <laughs> no? No, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen a lot of people wearing mismatches. Well, keep your eye out. Okay. I'm very influential. You So you were wearing mismatched shoes since high school? Uh... More, more like since I had the post. I got you. Oh, when, you're, when you got your Nike shoe deal and you're right. getting free shoes. Right. So he'll wear a dominantly blue shoe with white highlights and then on the other foot wear white with blue. Looks pretty fresh. My boy's Tim's got style. You have the shoes. You're big Jordan. You collect Jordans, don't you? Well, I'm not really. This one's that I like. Okay. I mean, I like shoes. I don't. I don't have all the joints or anything, but if they're cool, they're cool. You also collect cars, <laughs> or you collected a car. Tell me about the antique that you got. Well, I always wanted an old school convertible. Yeah. 
big one. So I bought a 1970 Oldsmobile Cutlass 442. Oh my gosh, man. And then it, it's silver with, with some black stripes. Oh. It's pretty nice. I was meeting Tim just as he purchased the car and he was trying to get it uh, refurbished. And that was a nightmare process, I remember, for you. you didn't oh, well, I, I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> okay. to get me mad. Right, before the interview, I asked if there wasn't anything you wanted to talk about. And, oh, uh, why? Yeah. You found it. <laughs> um, Tim, I'm honored to be sitting down with you right now. I mean, you've been, you've been interviewed on the highest platforms. You've been everywhere from government uh, buildings to TED Talks, and now you're right here on, on the podcast. So thank you. At the highest. That's right. Right now. That, okay, this is the peak. Here we go. This is it. <laughs> um, but the show is all about our lives starting off um, or our dreams starting off on one trajectory. And then we get redirected for one reason or another. Uh, you're familiar with my story. Tim has been an awesome mentor to me in my NFL career. We met. I think the year that I was entering the NFL draft, maybe maybe the fall of my my last uh, season of college, and uh, I met Tim at a charity event, and we got lunch not not too long after, and so he's walked me through the whole process over the past four years, and so you know my story of getting redirected um, did not turn out how I expected it to, and I think you have a pretty amazing story yourself. So first, I want to start off and share about your background because legendary athlete we're talking with right now legendary where'd you grow up i grew up in the suburb of detroit okay uh, called livonia livonia i'm i'm repping my high school today uh clarenceville high school tim uh humbly (laughs) humbly reminded me that this shirt is to to make sure that i know he's stronger than me it's a thousand pound club so it's bench squatting clean is uh, over a thousand pounds, and, and he says, "Oh no, I'm <laughs> I'm in the thousand pounds." I said, "Yeah, but I did when I was seventeen. <laughs> uh, he's not afraid to give me a hard time. I'll give you that much. Okay, so Livonia High School, and you have a couple brothers, a couple siblings. I have three brothers. Uh, so four boys. Wow." And that was a lot of fun. One of them named after me, right? Uh, yeah, except <laughs> that he was born first. <laughs> okay. That's a little awkward. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're awesome. I got to play football with uh, two of them in high school, so that was so much fun. I tell you, the year that I got to play high school football with my older brother was my favorite year of football I ever played. Would you say the same? Uh, yeah, and I got to play actually two years with them. Oh, my gosh. And I think, I think it just draws you together. Yeah. Um, just like it does with your teammates, mm-hmm. except it's a brother, so yeah. you have that for life, and... And, you know, we say that you form a bond of brotherhood with a teammate. But if we're already brothers, imagine what that does. Yeah. Your parents have a unique story in and of themselves. Uh, I'm super curious to hear how they ended up in Detroit because, I mean, your dad, who I love, uh, is not from not from Detroit. Well, the, the first story is my mom is from Michigan. Okay. But my father was born in England and grew up in England. And he made his way to the States and met my mom at a Bible college in Chicago. Around about where he worked his magic, <laughs> you know, and made her fall for him. Yeah. And they got married. And they lived in England for seven years. My older brother and I were born there. Really? 
Do you have dual citizenship? You know it. No, I did not know this. I'm international. Oh, my. Oh, gosh. Give me a break. <laughs> Give me a break, Tim. I, I was a big kid. I, I grew up fast. Yeah. I mean, physically, I grew up very fast. When I left Penn State at the NFL combine, now I'm weighing 235. And I ran four four of the combine, so I'm 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 thankful. I God gave me a body that you know could do a lot of cool stuff. And it gave me the mindset uh, to work out so to make the most of what he gave me. So at what point in your athletic career, maybe it was high school, maybe it was middle school, were you aware that, like, high school is not where my uh, career ends. We got a new football coach in high school after my freshman year. And he's the one that really, really told me, like, hey, Tim, uh, by the way, there's a big world out there. Hmm. Like, yeah, you, you're already, like, dominant right here. But there's a big world out there, so, you know, let's, let's put our head down and let's work hard. Hmm. And let's see where we can go. Wow. How did, what's the story of you ending up at Penn State? It wasn't the only offer. No, I mean, I I had about, I mean, 20 offers. I went out there and, and just felt like, hey, these are my type of people. Uh, blue collar. And it was uh, far enough away from home, but not too far. Yeah. And I, I fell in love with it. Wow. Tim got 20 offers. Meanwhile, I got one offer uh, from Vandy, and that's how it, my decision was a little easier. But Go Dawg. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I love. I love that from you, Tim. Um, walk me through your time at Penn State. You were there during uh, Joe Paterno's years. Considered probably the most legendary linebacker core in college. Is that too far to say? Uh, I think so. Paul Paul's Puzlusny. Sorry, can, I I can't say his name. Paul Puzlusny. Puzlusny. Thank you. Um, and Dan Connor. That's right. And then Tim Shaw. Well, but let me back it up because a story in my college career is a lot of ups and downs. Okay. And, well, first of all, I played running back my freshman year. Hmm. I think I have to say, in high school, I scored 134 touchdowns. That is ridiculous. And I rushed for 7,800 yards. So, I wanted to be a running back. Mm -hmm. So Penn State gave me an opportunity. I actually played as a true freshman. I played running back, and I played. Um, I had 12 carries, and 12 carries for like 60 yards. It's not bad. And one catch for 19. Hey! Um, you know, I played a lot of special teams. Yeah. But... And then my sophomore year, I switched to linebacker. I started to see guys that I had either played with yeah. or played against. I started to go to the NFL. Mm -hmm. And I, I just had to compare myself to them. And yeah. I knew that I was in that in that category. So I, it just became the next uh, the next them. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you just go through the process. I, I got an agent. Um, I worked out. I, you know, uh, went to the combine. I went to the Hula Bowl. I went to the combine. And I had a pro day. I had workouts. I had business. The whole deal. And I finally got drafted. Fifth round. That's why I'm like uh, Carolina. Wow. Yeah. And then walk me through your NFL career, how that panned out. 
Oh, well, um, you know, I'll pull, I'll pull, <laughs> I'll offend. <laughs> Easy as that. Thank I'm you. Good. That's perfect. Um, I had a lot of fun. Uh, my first four years, I was on four different teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but everywhere I went, um, I, I did what I could. Um, I made a lot of special team cycle. Yeah. So I went from uh, Carolina uh, to about a year in Jacksonville. And I spent a year in Chicago, where I broke I broke their um their record for special team tackles. What? In a season. I did not know that. Yeah. And uh, and I came here to uh, Tennessee. Wow. I I played three uh three four seasons here. Um, I was a captain for two years. And I just had a blast. I mean, it was very, very hard, but it was so fun. Yeah. And then you said you made Nashville your home, so clearly something about the community. I always said that if my brothers all lived in one place, I would go where they were. But when I, when I retired from football, uh, they were all three in different states. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to stay here. Yeah. I I love my church here. I had some great business stuff going on. Um, great people outside of football. And it's just a good place to be. When did you when did you start uh with all these businesses that you have here in town? Um, well, um a couple of them while I was playing. Really? I um I got into uh, my gym uh during my career and I got into my uh, vacation rental business uh while I was playing. And um I made a couple of uh, real estate mistakes. <laughs> Done an awesome job. Yeah, you've been, you've like helped me out. Tim will come over with like, you know, just mounds of knowledge and drop it on me anytime I'm telling about something new. Uh, but we first met at this charity event, and then we connected through Crosspoint Church, which is where we both went at the time. And you're still going there, that's correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so your NFL career ended um, perhaps not like – you would have expected it to have. Can you, you want to talk about that? No, well, and you have to use that as like a cliffhanger. If they have a trailer, told him your NFL career ended abruptly. <laughs> Did I set that up right? <laughs> uh, um, I think that. The majority of people don't get to end how they want. That's true. I didn't get to start mine like I want. But. <laughs> hey, it's nice to meet someone who's been cut more times than me. <laughs> I'm, I'm at seven contracts with five oh. teams right now. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That is right. But... Well, I'm I've been caught four times. I'm almost double you at this point. Wow, you better get to work. <laughs> uh, floor's yours though. Floor's yours. Well my body is sort of act up on me. And you know, as an athlete, I mean you're so in tune, you know, with what's going on. So imagine, like, you know, doing a box jump. And you know how it should feel. Mm-hmm. Um, my body sort of, I would still make the box jump, 
I just didn't feel right. Mm. You know, something was off. Uh, when I was running, I, I didn't feel the same power. And when I would do a pull-up, my right hand would get out. You know, just a little stuff. I mean, I'm I'm playing football. I'm playing NFL football. But my, my body is just starting to do weird stuff. Um, and over a long period of time, um, I went and talked to the trainer. You know, we never looking for stuff. Um, I have to say, maybe the thing I'm most proud about in my NFL career, I never missed a game. Wow. I never had surgery. I... I, I was, my body, it could just take it. At, at linebacker, with that position, that's like unheard of. I mean, I, I just, I, my body embraced the contact. Mm-hmm. So, that being said, I, ne- I didn't set out because of this either. But eventually, it was affecting my performance. I wasn't playing as well as I always had. Um, so man, I I got cut. I got cut after after being a captain for two years. Wow. Um. So obviously that was um that was a shock. How long before you got cut did you notice box jumps not feeling the same or pull ups um, not feeling the same? I mean, seven months. Really? And this is 2013? Yeah, 2013. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I, I I didn't believe that my football career was over. Mm-hmm. I knew I could still play. So I kept working out. Um... I mean, I, I remember I go to a, I go to a park with my buddy and, and do linebacker drill. Um, but I kept going to the doctor as well. You know, trying to figure out what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't getting better. Yeah. Um. I mean, so let's just fast forward uh, to uh, March of uh, 2014. And I went to uh, a neurologist at Vanderbilt. Um, and uh, he was very concerned. It kind of looked at me differently than all the other doctors have. You know, just kind of like, hey, you know, this is serious. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> you know. And he said, I want you to come back in a month and, and we'll do a couple of tests. Um, and, and we'll see. So he didn't know, but he just said he thought it was serious. Mm. All right. So um, I went back in April, and uh, they did a test where they put a needle. And the needle is connected with a wire um, to a computer. And they sit the needle in your muscle. And it seems like others are occurring to it. Mm. Um, it's really fun. You should try <laughs> No, thanks. Uh, and they do that all the way up and down your, your body. Um, and that's called a nerve conduction death. They're just sticking a needle? Uh, yeah, in, oh, the, in the muscle. Wow. 
and they're reading how your muscles react to the, the stimulation. Yeah. And after that talk, uh, doctor, you know, after a while, um, came in and let me in the eye and said, you know, a little piece of paper and wrote some stuff down and said, then, then I believe that you have ALS. Um, I'm not 100%. I want you to get a second opinion. Hmm. But I'm, I'm very sure that you have it. What goes through your mind at this point? Because you're still 6'2", six, six two, 240, just got done playing NFL. What's your response to that? Um, display the disbelief. Disbelief. I mean, I, I knew what it was. I knew what Alice was. And I, I thought there's no way. I'm, I'm not, I'm not that bad. <laughs> you know, I don't feel that bad. So I, I just couldn't believe it. Wow. Wow. I've actually never heard you say ALS. This is something. I hate those I did it for you. I did it for you all out Even in your TED Talk, you, you say I don't say it. I don't say it. Yeah. I don't know why I do <laughs> And that you're, you don't say it because you have this. What, what's your mentality in approaching it? Uh, my mentality is, I, I just don't like to give it that respect. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not denying it now, but, um, I, I'm dealing with it, you know, I'm, I'm living with it, but I don't like to name it and, and you know, and speak it. Mm-hmm. I think, I think you give something power when you, when you say it. I would challenge you though. I think you. I think you also give yourself power though when you're able to name something. You know, I'm not telling you you need to go around saying that, but like when you can identify it and then you can face it, you know, head on. But you get this diagnosis, and then what happens next? I mean, this is. Are you like I'm still going to play NFL football or? Um. One thing that you learn quickly about this disease is that although you can although you can use the muscles that you have, you can fatigue them, you can wear them out. You can't repel them. Mm. So like a, a normal person will be able to wear their muscles out. You know, you break them down. So you can rebuild them longer. Right. But um, that doesn't happen in my body. So I had to learn very quickly that um, I, I didn't want to break my muscles down anymore. Wow. Any faster than, um, any faster than it was already doing it. So I I knew I was done. I actually had retired. Um, a month earlier, I officially retired. A month before that, because I I just knew I was done with football. Was that a hard decision for you, or? Yeah, it was very hard, but I believe that the God. God had uh, something bigger for me. And I just thought, hey, I was blessed to play as long as I did. So I, I better move on. 
that's it's turned out to be true that God has had something bigger for you. Oh, for right, like not every NFL player has has gotten to speak to the audiences that you have. I'm a lucky man. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um. So then, what happens next? You know, what happens next at two thousand Walk me through the timeline. You met me. <laughs> One of the best days of my life. And that's when everything started going downhill at that point. I remember meeting you. Yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, fortunately, we, we have uh, been able to, to grow. I'm not going to call me one of your best friends, but I, I view you as a mentor, and I'm, I'm fortunate for that. And we have a lot of mutual friends, which has been great. I remember meeting you for the first time, though, and he's huge. You're still probably 230 at that point. I think it was I think it was the the winter of 2014, the fall of 2014. And I remember shaking your hand though, and I knew you played football. I didn't really know who you were, but I knew you played football. I remember shaking your hand and I turned to Sean after we had had our brief, you know, intro conversation. I say, "That guy's an NFL linebacker and he he broke all his fingers." Is what I thought had happened. I don't know if I've told you this story, but I remember shaking your hand and, you know, like, I I just thought you broke your 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 fingers, and then I I come to find out, you know, that that you're going through what you're going through. And, so. my, and my right hand was my first thing to go. Wow, so interesting. Yeah. Um. You you aren't done being captain of the Tennessee Titans, though. Am I right? And you believe that? <laughs> they they invited me back. No, it's twenty sixteen. Um, you know, to come and speak to the team. Yeah. And uh that was awesome. And then they invited me to keep coming around and I started helping out with the special things. I would meet with them, I would watch film for them. I would give them uh, a report on the hmm. a team they're about to play. And then uh, the following year, uh, 2017, the players, <laughs> so first of all, uh, uh, yeah. so the players actually fought for me <laughs> as a captain. Wow, wow. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not one for, like, you know, Let's get this guy in the world because he's sick or, you know, do something that looks good for the the newspaper. I mean, this was a genuine, you know, these guys wanted me around. And, you know, that that just uh, made me feel very loved. Um, and I love those guys. I, I love being around. Um, so last year I, I traveled with them to every game. Um, you know, I, I was there. I go into the building. Um, I, I, I help. Um, I try. I get involved and I, I contribute a little bit. And, um, you know, it's great. It's great to be a part of a team again. I feel like I need to set the context because you and I have a different perspective on professional uh, athletics, and I think a lot of the fans of, say, NFL out there. I grew up a Colts fan, and so I view the Colts organization as, you know, you have Peyton Manning, and he's probably best friends with Marvin Harrison, his receiver, and, you know, he's best friends with Tony Dungy, his coach. That's not the way it is, as I found out. And these teams, I mean – People say it's a business all the time. You are literally a commodity, and they use you for what talents you can bring to the team. And once those talents aren't up to par or they find somebody that does it better, they cut you, and and it's on to the next one. And so for you, and this goes for Penn State too, I mean college college football is not much different than the pros. Um, And you've, you've gone back and spoken to that team. 
Uh, but for you to have that respect and that clout with your college team and then to have still the influence that you have with the Titans is like, it's such an amazing thing to me where I, that's what I wanted out of the pro football. And, and then, you know, I, I go to Kansas city and I had this loyalty to my team and I expected the loyalty back and I didn't get it. So for me to see that in you is just amazing uh, to me on so many levels. Like it gives me hope for the NFL. It gets me pumped up for you. It's inspiring. It's inspiring to me. So that in and of itself just speaks volumes. The fact that they let you around the locker room. I mean, you on this iPad that's right off the screen here, he's watching the team film. It's like, as soon as you get cut, literally they take away your rights to the, to the team film and uh, props to you for that, honestly. And your, you know, talent on the field, I think, pales in comparison to uh, the effect that you had on the lo- on the locker room and the and the way you treat people. I think I think you'd even admit that. Like I, I've talked to people about Tim Shaw's football career, and they're like, you know, what? he was a decent special teams guy. He was a decent, um, you know, linebacker, but as a leader and as somebody you relate to, you know, nobody can match him. Um, so props to you. Well, thank you. I mean, but let's, let's talk about that for a minute because, you know, it is rare um, to be brought back in. Um, and I think what I have to say is that my situation is very rare. Um, and what I have is a very unique opportunity use the position that I'm in mm-hmm. uh, to influence people. And when I, when I get to stand in front of a group of NFL men and, and get to be just all the way real with them, it's pretty hard to deny uh, where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that and they want they want to have a round. Um and, and it's good for me too. You know, it's good for me to be around that environment. You know, the the competition. Um the, you know, the drive and it gives me an outlet to to pour into uh, to try and help some people. Um, you know, but I think I, I had the same uh, feelings that you have about, you know, uh, not receiving the loyalty. Mm-hmm. You know, I was cut too. Um, but, but for me, I have to say, I, I got more than I deserve. Mm. Um, and God has given me more than I deserve. And, and life is about getting what you deserve. So I just say I, I'm thankful. I understand you know, the NFL is what it is. And I'll throw you away in a second. So just find your place in that and yeah. find the good in that. Uh, I'm not going to change the system. Yeah. And the system's not going to change for me. Yeah. So find the good, the good that I can do. And I want to talk about your faith, but I'm first curious. You've written a book. You've done a TED Talk. You know, that's like the peak of human life I feel like uh, you've played seven years in the NFL two times captain for the, tit- the for the Titans number three in the nation for Penn State what are you most proud of that you've accomplished well I've told you about I've been proud that I never miss a game I never miss a game while I play hmm. uh, but I would say um I'm probably the most proud that 
I've come out of all of that uh, with with a mindset that there's more. Yeah. There is more to do. There's more for me to do. There's more important things coming. Uh, there's more fun to be had. There's more people to impact. Um, I'm I'm just proud that that all that stuff you just talked about that wasn't it. Yeah, and not over. Do you feel like that mindset that you had that I'm sure pushed you through your athletic career of, you know, when you're in the weight room, there's always more you're fighting to not be content. Essentially, do you feel like that's helped you in your current situation? Absolutely, man. I. I fight every day. I fight every every hour. It feels like I'm uh, I'm fighting the you know human nature. <laughs> Man, we want to say the easy way. Hmm. I mean, as humans, we will choose the easy way. Yeah. I, I'm fighting that because the easy way. It looks like a nap, a nap and a box, a box of Cheetos. <laughs> um, Sign me up. <laughs> you know, and I, I just believe the same thing that pushed me in football are the same things that are pushing me now. Yeah. You know, to, to keep talking for one more day. Yeah. You know, to keep walking. You know, to not, not give up. How has your faith played into all this? My faith is the... My faith is the, the blood. The blood running through the body. Huh. Of everything. So... When I played football, my faith was the great way. <laughs> you know, and when I, when I wrote my book, you know, the faith was the ink. Yeah. And when I, when I, when I go and speak, you know, my faith is a microphone. Um, it, it's, it's the foundation of, of why I'm why I'm here. Tell me about your book. What's your life? Blitz your life is the best book you'll ever <laughs> read. <laughs> and I've had about seven, about four or five uh, fourth graders. Tell me it's the best book. <laughs> four, five, seven, four, five, one or two. Uh. Um, but your life was, um, it came out of my love for books. I love reading about uh, people's uh, true stories. I love reading like uh, self-help books. So I, I kind of made a, a combination of those two. Hmm. And it, it's the story of, it's not my life story. I mean, I think we talk more about my life uh, today than I did in the book. Hmm. But it's about what I believe in and, and how to, to be your best self. Hmm. How to to figure out what your best self is and how to push yourself. Um, it's got some really, uh, really, really relatable people in it. I think everybody can relate to somebody that I put in the book. Hmm. That's great. I mean, have you read it? <laughs> well, this is, I'm not. The, I'm not the one answering the questions here. I have I have um I'm curious who is the team you've you've accomplished all this 
who's a team that has uh, helped you get here? Like, I, I, you know, I feel like in my experience and with, with anybody that reaches any success, they didn't do it alone. They didn't do it alone. I could be wrong in your case. Uh, I, I did it all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm so, I'm so blessed through my life. I mean, my parents. Uh, first of all, I mean, dude, I'm I'm 34, and my parents live with me, and they help me every day. I mean, so they're number one. But I've just had a, um, a whole gang of people that have, have pushed me in and helped me up along the way. I have a, a tattoo on my arm. And it's got, uh, it's got the names and initials of, of guys along the way who have have been there for me and would do anything for me. Um, so yeah, my brothers, uh, my, you know, my high school coach, uh, he taught me to, to never settle. Uh, my, my team chaplain, mm-hmm. uh, all the teams I've been on, I'm disappointed in me. Wow. Um, how to how to study the Bible, how to pray, how to be a man of integrity. Um, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of friends that have been there for me. I do the great times and and do the I'm curious, what is it, what is it, uh, like in your skin? What's it like? I've never asked you this. Well, first of all, I wish that people could be inside my head. You know, I am hilarious (laughs) in my, in my head. Um, That's a great question. And I, I think I really, a good comparison is that I'm like, I'm like an elderly person. Um, you know, as they get older, you know, they have a hard time doing certain things. Yeah. Maybe opening a job. You know, they, they start to have trouble using their hands or, you know, using their body. My body is, is giving up on me. Um, so... You know, I wanna, I wanna reach out and, and slap you, <laughs> but I can't. This is all, this is all I can do. <laughs> oh, come on, come over here. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not getting anywhere oh, near that. I'm not getting anywhere near that. What? <laughs> um, it's like it's like being maybe a vehicle. You know, man, you used to do all types of tricks in that vehicle. You could drive fast, you could go backwards, you could go up over the, the curb. And now all you can do is sit in there. And like, you can't even turn the radio on. Well, I still have my body, but... I don't have full control of it. And, 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 and things are getting harder like, every day. No, it's crazy. Is there, there's a lot of physical pain? No, no, not a lot of pain. 
I didn't want to fall over. <laughs> no, but it, it's not a lot of pain. It's just like, you know, the muscles are dying, and, you know, it's just, they've become unable to move. Well, unable for me to use. You alluded to it, and we talked about it a little bit before, about your, you know, your warrior's mentality, um, and you've been outspoken about that, but... Talk a little bit about what's it like in your mind, besides the funny jokes that you're throwing around. Man, it's a battle. I, I want. I I have made my mind up that I will be the best I can be. And, and that means I have to fight. So I want to write another book. Hmm. I have to fight for that. I want to, you know, I want to, I want to date and and be married. Well, that ain't easy. Yeah, it's hard to pick up girls when you're in a wheelchair. Unless you're Tim, with that smile. <laughs> um, so I fight, man. I, you know, I, I do the things that are most important, and so I fight to, uh, to avoid the things that are not important. I fight to. To put myself in in position, um, to do what matters the most, and that means sometimes I have to be uncomfortable uh, physically, you know. But I, if it if it's worth what I want, I do it. You know, going going up to the Titan facility is not easy. Yeah. But I want to be there, so I do it. Um, you know, I, I'm going to visit my brother and his family in Michigan this weekend. It's, um, you know, the house, the house, isn't accessible like mine is. Yeah. But it's important. You know, it's important so I go. So it's a million little decisions that I make in my mind to keep going. Wow. Wow, those are powerful words, honestly. Even in me and my life, like... I don't oftentimes have to think about am I fighting for what's important? You know what I'm saying? But what if we all had that mentality? What's the best part of your day on a daily basis? Is there something you wake up and you're excited about? I know that, you know, last week, last Thursday, you were excited about this interview and I, I let you down, but here we are. <laughs> um. I wake up um, excited about a lot, but I'll tell you what, uh, typically on most days, um, I go for a run with my dog, and uh, the hood leash is attached to my wheelchair, hmm. and just me and her go. Um, I love that. Yeah. I, 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 feel, I feel free when I do that. Really enjoy that. That's one of the best parts of my day, but I have a lot of things that I look forward to. Tim has a beautiful black dog named Hawk. That was that was worse. <laughs> oh my gosh, I knew it as soon as I said it. You were gonna say something about that. But um one last thing and then we'll get the to fan questions. Or I'm happy to let you just talk as much as you want. But I, I'm curious 
has the NFL been supportive? Is it like obviously the Titans have been great? Has has the NFL been supportive with you and your journey? Um, no. Never. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I, what I would want from them, but yeah. I, I would love them. To, I mean, future us. I would like them to do. Like uh, a head trauma awareness game. Um, I think they could do a lot more uh, to raise, raise awareness and money for for head trauma. Yeah. Is that is that what this disease is? Well, we to? we don't know that, but I mean, we're assuming. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, okay, ready for some questions? Huh? All right. So hey, you you have fans. Don't ask don't ask me how, but there are people that follow me on on Instagram. Oh. So I'm not going to call them fans because that might you know be overstepping. But uh, <laughs> yes. So we have a Penn State fan here. It sounds like they want to know what your favorite Penn State football experience was. Oh man. Winning the Big Ten Championship. Yeah. So we we won the game in in um at Michigan State, and that sealed the deal for us. Um, that was awesome. Um, just we have been through a lot. We have been through uh, two losing seasons and. That was just a, a win. That was, was incredible. That's great. Um, somebody wants to know, what's the favorite place you travel to? Which is actually a great question. Because oh. you've done you've done a fair amount of traveling. And uh, I've been the world, baby. And a lot of mission trips, too, right? Yeah. Well, I love traveling, but I have to say my favorite trip was to Victoria Falls. It's the largest waterfall in the world. Wow. It, it is in, it's between Zambia and Zimbabwe. And it is amazing. Is it, is it like the Grand Canyon with water? Well, no, it's, it's really, really long. And it's hard to describe it. Um, it's just amazing. But I, I love Africa and, and uh, specifically Victoria Falls. Huh. What's your favorite mission trip that you've taken? Was, um, was that a mission trip? That was not. That was just fun. My, my favorite mission trip was, was to the middle of the Amazon jungle in Brazil. Mm. I went there twice. And, I mean, talk about adventure. We took a boat down the Amazon River for 20 hours. What? It was amazing. Wow. So we went there and we actually drilled a well for um, some indigenous people. Of cool. Dang. Um, all right, I need to start including uh, the the handles here. So, World Fit Bro wants to know why do you think there's been so many ties in the NFL this season? It's well, and the answer is that because they changed the overtime rules. Yeah. I mean, and that's why they made the players show. Overtime and half time minutes rather than twenty. Mm. Well, I don't know what it was before, but it's only time. Yeah. Yeah, it's been weird. I love seeing the Browns have success. I feel like they deserve it. Um, okay. Britt wants to know, is there a line or a quote that you keep in your head that uh help keeps you motivated? That's a good question. Uh, one that comes to mind is if it was easy, 
everybody would do it. Huh. Um, but I have a lot. I mean, I'm often uh, thinking about Bible verses or, you know, I remember Herschel Walker. He said, there is no option. Having a, a positive community around you of people that love you and, and want the best for you can can really accomplish amazing things. And then, yeah, pers- like persistence, I think, is a, is a key. Absolutely. Yeah. And it goes back to what I said about, about the easy way. You know, if I chose the easy way, I wouldn't have went over. Yeah. And, and so many people, you know, you know, miss out on some great stuff. If, if you're not willing to do it the hard way. Mm-hmm. Last last fan question. Um, everyone has a why in life. This is from Miss Les Jefferson. What's yours? My why. Is because God gave me breath today. God gave me breath today, so it must be something important for me to do. It's a great perspective to have. Um, what are your goals at this point? Um, well, uh, business-wise, okay. I want to make more money. <laughs> Outside of football, that I did while I was playing. Nice. Um, and in life, um, I have a, a goal that I want to give. I want to give more. I want to give more money. And I want to give more of, of my time. I want to give, like, you know, the mission process or uh, the, the plan for the people in need. Yeah. Um, but the bigger idea is that I don't want to limit myself just because I need a lot. I need a lot of help. Doesn't mean that I can help other people. <laughs> Dropping bombs right now. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> um, I was in with this. Three lessons you feel like you've learned that can carry over to to the audience's life. Don't drink yellow snow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and apparently coffee stunts your growth. I asked Tim if he wanted coffee. He's like, nah, I'm not into that. You'd be 6'5 if you didn't drink coffee. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, three lessons. Number one, do the most important thing right now. And with that, stop doing the things that are not important. This is something that I believe most of us get wrong. We, we are busy doing so much stuff that we don't even care about. And we don't do the things that we care about most. Lesson number two. My number one job is to make the most of what I have. You know, that could go a lot of different ways. But my job is to maximize me. And that's not selfish. That, that's not... The, the, the better I am, the more that I can do for others. And the more that I do in my own life, the more of me there is for others. And lesson number three, only control what you can control. Yeah, forget about everything else. That one, that one's hard. But, but, and, and being 
And you are not in control of most things. And just don't worry about the things that you can control. Tim, you know I I uh, can't thank you enough for the role you played in my life. Uh, there's been a lot of laughs with you. There's been a lot of tears. And um, you've been a huge mentor that has honestly gone out of his way to, to help me in, in ways that you didn't have to. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate you taking the time to sit down. Um, really enjoyed the conversation. Well, thanks for having me in. I, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Even though you're a millennial. <laughs> Even though I'm a millennial. Hey guys, it's Andrew, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Redirected. If you find this podcast valuable, there are a lot of ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever platform you happen to listen from. You can share it with your friends on social media, blogs, or on your own podcast. Also, head over to andrewdes.com for more information and to request your favorite celebrity, entrepreneur, athlete, or anyone else who inspires you. And while you're at my site, be sure to sign up for my newsletter so you can get updates on other fun stuff going on. Also, you guys know I love connecting with you, so if you want to reach out to me directly on Instagram or Twitter, my handle is at andrewdeast. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next time on Redirected. Oh, 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 oh,